Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dave Dini Podcast. My name is Amy. Please visit our website at ParamountALS.com. That's ParamountALS.com for instant showroom traffic. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Dominic Bickus, Dave Dini. Our guest today is Mr. Craig Andrea, and this is podcast number four here of the Dave Dini Podcast. Hey, Dom is shot out of a cannon. How do you hear that mm-hmm. loud voice? Nice. <laughs> Well, I want to introduce our guest here today, Mr. Craig Andrea. Craig is a 30-plus year veteran in the automotive industry here. He's been consistently one of the top general managers here throughout. Craig, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the, the agenda for today's topic, we want to learn a little bit more about who Craig is as an individual, how he's consistently been one of the top performers here within the automotive industry, and then we'll help to talk about some best practices and dive into the future of the automotive industry. Perfect. No problem. That was good. You know, Craig and I go back a long time. And uh, in my life, you know, you meet people that become your friends or their acquaintances. But then there's also those people on that journey. You watch their life and you admire it. And Craig is one of those people that is consistently in my opinion, uh, practicing best practices of being a winner. It's all the time. You know, I've seen it from, uh, Craig, you remember Greg Hi, mm-hmm. it's, it's his arena that he was in, but certain people do certain things and success leaves clues. And, and Craig is one of them. I know you had some questions for Craig. Why don't you start out with a little bit, you know, about Craig? Because I think people listening or watching, anybody might find something that we have to say of interest you know, Craig's going to throw nuggets out there that I think can help anybody. You could be somebody uh, aspiring to be great at anything, and that's part of what we're doing, right? We've lived a life, mm-hmm. and we want to share some of these thoughts with people. And if it helps yeah. somebody, you never know who you're going to get it from. You might have heard it a million times, but all of a sudden it's that one person one time that didn't seem to have any benefit from telling you. And this could be through some, what we think right now is a, this podcast. We don't know what we're doing. You know, we're just trying to share and uh, Craig's got a lot, so why don't you ask him? Absolutely. Ask him first. So just to kick things off for the audience, I mean, who is who is Craig Andrea? Why did you decide on the automotive industry, and how did you get started within this industry? Well, how I got started was really a fluke. I got out of college in 89 and was looking for a job with everybody else was looking for a job, and, and I wanted to get some sales experience, so I got into the automobile industry with just figuring that there's going to be something better for me to do, something that I can that I can go use my education and, and prosper very well in, in, in the business world. And I just got into I just got into sales. And if you rewind a little bit before that, you know, I played football in school. I played football in, in, in high school and I was very, very aggressive. Yeah, to be a okay, yeah, well no, I see a safety. But my <laughs> point is this is when you get to a point where it, it you're you're so involved in, in team athletics that it's all about winning, how you win, whether you have a, a small portion of that opportunity to be successful and make that team work or a large, uh, a large opportunity in that team be, uh, to be successful. And you take that mentality of always, no matter what, you get knocked down, you get back up and you try harder and you, you want to kind of show everybody that you can hold your own in this, uh, in, in this sport. So. So going back to the business, when I got into the automobile business, it was like the wild, wild west. Um, you know, guys, just first of all, you could smoke in the dealerships, which I never smoked, but 
It was like you, you had to cut through with a knife. And mm -hmm. it was just, you know, anything goes. There was no internet. Uh, there was no computer system. There was no any type of, uh, of electronic uh, correspondence that helped you through the course of the opportunities to sell more cars. You know, you was all manual. It was, mm -hmm. it was manual uh, books that you would have to handwrite people's names, numbers, things they're looking for. And they call it an up book. And then you would take a copy out and your manager would take a copy out. And then when you finally sold a car, you'd, you'd write sold and you'd write birth dates on it. You had to, you had to do a lot, of, a lot of work that now, fast forward to now, is just unbelievably, uh, this is the easiest, uh, easiest opportunity for somebody now that wants to learn the, the, the industry to do it very well and to do it professionally and to really just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, excel. So you think it's gotten a little bit easier from when you got started in the 89, 90s to today, being in the automotive industry, selling cars, technologies made it a, yes. a an easier process? Yes, technology has made it an easier process, but I do believe this. I do believe back in the day, there was no rules, there was no regulation. Unfortunately, you know, um, it, it, was, it was the consumer uh, that was probably in most, most instances not delivering the, the the value that they perceived that they were getting it was mm -hmm. just you know there was no price yeah, no there was no there was no transparency and it gave its bad name so how, how can I explain it now fast forward to now when consumers still hold that that I don't trust car dealers yeah. mm -hmm. well I was a part of that early early uh, 90s and how it was before and it was kind of like the good old boys club it was you know you take advantage when you could take advantage of and those you can't, you don't, mm -hmm. and uh, and it was bad. I mean, nowadays, I would tell people that it's a great industry. It's an industry that you could strive to do a bunch of different opportunities in the auto industry. They have technology. Uh, they have the the product line's fantastic. Uh, you have uh, you you have unbelievable amounts of of education that you can get. And you're basically in the transportation business. You're, you're helping people buy automobiles, but you're also helping people uh, with being a, being just yourself. You know, mm -hmm. know your product. If someone comes in and wants to know about the vehicle, you know all about it, and you know about its competitors, and you're going to tell them why you have a strong belief in their product. And let's go back to the pricing and value and all the other stuff. There's going to be some vehicles that hold a premium. What I mean by a premium will probably hold a larger margin because the fact is that supply and demand, mm -hmm. okay? And then there's going to be vehicles that dealerships can get plenty of and they just sell them fast, quick, and and and, and they're really not looking for so much of, of holding a margin, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking to move a vehicle, make a future servant client. It's a, it's a very customer-orientated automobile industry now. If you aren't good to a customer, you're not transparent in your... And your values, and you're not transparent in in educating your people, and and not worrying about the end game would be well, how much am I going to make on these customers? Right. As opposed to why don't we try to do this? Why don't we try to build a relationship of value first? Get them into your dealership, show them that you are a very very uh, indifferent from what their opinion of a car salesman is. Mm -hmm. Show them that you're a professional. Show them that you can show them the product that they're looking for, that you can help them in th getting the transportation that they that they requested. Right? Yeah. And then you and then the price will work itself out. Uh, consumers guarded with enough information, and they know as they pretty much know what the cars cost. Mm -hmm. They know what you know what 
what the what the industry of, of bank rates are. Right. It's just they want to be treated so much right. more educated buyer Correct. these days. Yes, everybody's educated. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not a it's not a facet of uh, a wealthy people are only educated. Mm-hmm. Anybody that can pick up a, a pick up a, a phone now yeah. and you go there, you can you can you can find all the information on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's just easy. But back to what I'm saying, so you know, I got into this deal about you know 30 years ago, and I my biggest thing was just trying to sell the car. Yeah. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about profit. Sounds crazy. I didn't, I just wanted the customers to like me. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to like me. I want them to feel that you know I'm different than everybody else. I watched the board as my name kept going higher and higher and higher, and. And it was funny because it was so toxic back then that salesmen were trying to, you know, why don't you, why don't you stop running around? You're making us look bad. Or yeah. You're doing all that, and that's the old adage of what was what was in the industry mm-hmm. now have gone from the industry. Got it. And I'll tell you another thing too. It's the, it's it's uh it's an incredible business. More people that started off in sales have gone on to own dealerships. So self-created success without mm-hmm. education, without a college, without everything. They're right. just very good businessmen. They learned mm-hmm. as they went along, and uh, they've done very well for themselves. And, and let's transition a little bit. You talk about just wanting to compete and, and relating it back to sports and you being a winner. Mm-hmm. But what is it that keeps you so driven? I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm always amazed by how driven Dave is also. Mm-hmm. I see that same thing in you where we have a record month for you. Right, shatter records have a fantastic start. Come the next Monday, it's not. Hey guys, pat on the back, great job. It's I need eight more. I need eight more. I mean, it's just a non-stop cycle, and I love it. But but what is before, it that keeps you so? Before you finish that question, yeah, I think it kind of relates to this. How do you remain on top? Mm-hmm. You know, then so we can segue into this other question. You know, remember we said success leaves clues, so. I think it'd be important for you to tell the audience, not like you're, you know, beating your chest on the greatest, but we, we know when we mm-hmm. recognize something, that's why we're having this meeting. What keeps you on top? And what, what is it that you think about when you go to, to work and you see there's people doing things this way? You said it about customers. I want these customers to like me. I want these customers to sense and feel a difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you do that same thing when you attack this, when you go to become a dealership GM or owner at anything you're going to do, you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm bringing the Craig Andre a difference. Maybe you can go and kind of relate to it. Well, I, I think it has to be, first of all, you have a, an immense amount of pride in yourself and you want, and here's the deal. Now, this is your career. This is your legacy. You know, there's going to come a time that, you know, that I'm not here anymore, right? And that, that, that whether it's, you know, I'm often retired or, or, or I'm just not here. I run out of gas. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that how are you going to be remembered? You know, were you were you somebody that can get into the industry and make such a difference? How many people have you mentored? How many people have, have worked and learned your, your work ethic yeah, and great. became successful? Mm-hmm. It's about legacy. Out, yeah, legacy is incredible. And you know what? The one thing I will say is that, like I said, I got to a point where I partnered up and was a partner in an auto dealership. And, and I got to the highest level I thought I could get. And the thing about it was I also learned a valuable lesson, even after being successful, is that if you do not have the, the work ethic to want to be successful, 
to take the hard path rather than the easy path, chances are when things go awry, you have no way to recuperate. You just fall down because you've set up something to fail, not to be successful. Um, growing up, we had uh, minimal means. Uh, as you know, my parents were both hard workers. They both passed away before I was out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all these things added up to me wanting to, to do what? Get a job, be able to make money, mm-hmm. get through school, and be able to help my family, who had my, was at the time was my brother and sister. So everybody has reasons to want to be, you know, I didn't have a choice. So I had to go out and do things. So sometimes they say, who's the strong one in the family and who's the one that's, the, that's always leaning on somebody else? On the end of the day, I might complain, and I've told you this a million times, Dave, being the strong one in the family, I will never, ever want to give that up. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather have it all on me than lean on it's somebody your else. You're taking control of Correct. responsibility. And the same thing in the auto industry. So when I got in this business, my drive and my determination to be excellent was after I got into it, I just just feed off of the naysayers, the mm-hmm. people in the industry, the negative people. And how I became more successful is in multiple, 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 multiple failures. When I fail, I took it so personal and how to fix it. How do I get around this? What did I do wrong? What did I say to that customer? Why didn't they like me enough to buy? You know, and as I started to realize that you just have to put your A game out every single day, mm-hmm. you'll be successful. You have to make sure that the consumer's needs are met just as much as yours. You have to make sure that in the end of the day, when it comes down to the financial matters of how somebody buys a car, yeah. that there's full transparency and a customer understands. Case in point, if a customer, you're a thousand dollars away from making a deal and someone tells you, I can go an hour from here to get a thousand dollars. Did you ever ask him, did you ever break it down a thousand dollars? And when you look at it, we're talking twenty dollars a month. And you could buy right here. You said you like me, you like the car, you really want to buy from me, but that thousand dollars is a really stickler. So what most dealerships just do is they retract. They try to defend and tell you why don't buy from that place. Mm-hmm. They try to be negative. They try to tell you that place is not a good place to buy because of this, that, and the other thing. Right. Or they tell you that they're lying to you or they're telling you this. You know what I tell them? What haven't I shown you enough value to say that I'm worth that thousand dollars? Or more importantly, what if we can just make it $800 difference? Right. And, 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 and you give me that and I promise, 100% promise to you, that I will be the best decision you made in the automobile industry by doing business with me. That's great. You need to up your game, convince the customer yeah. that you're the best opportunity. And now here's another thing. This is the other side. Be a guy, when I told you about legacy, mm-hmm. and wanting to leave a, leave, leave a footprint, be that person that you do come through for them, that you do answer their calls, you that you do you follow up with them, that you do say hello to them. You know, people look at actions. They don't look at, you could talk all you want and how great you think you could be or want to be or but you're only going to be as good as you show in your actions. You know, at 53 years old, I've been doing this for 30 years. And I've been do- and, and after I had a failure in my business, uh-huh. I, had a, I had a crossroad. Because what I did was I hit the easy button. I said, I'm going to go after really easy people to sell. People that were not so good in the credit situation. And, you know, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm just, it's going to be easy. I need to find them credit and a car, and mm-hmm. they buy it. Well, 
when the market crashed and the banks started losing money. Just because, like 08, Yeah, roughly. correct. They, yeah. they started losing money. We went down. I took a I took a hard business model mm-hmm. of working hard ethics, and I pressed the easy button. Got it. And I'll tell you something. Greatest lesson I ever learned. Everybody says, well, are you upset that you lost your dealership? Are you upset that you had to sell? Are you upset? And I said, you know what? It's it's kind of it kind of created the the second coming of myself on how mm-hmm. what I did wrong and how I can be better and not lose. I lost my principles for a second because what I did is I wanted to be easy money rather than work hard for my money. Yeah, you know, there's a big difference. Yeah, and uh, as we did that, um, I, I I reinvented myself. I said anywhere, any place. I don't care the brand. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I am a person that can make change. I can unite salesmen to be excited about their jobs and want to show up to work because they know one thing. I'm going to work as hard as they are. I want my managers to know I'm going to work as hard as they are. I want service and parts to know that I'm going to go back there and if I have to do something to help them out, I'm going to do something to help out. If I have to work the service lane, I'm going to work the service lane. I say hello to my mechanics every day. I, it's, I'm not above working. I, know, I think what you're saying too, Craig, which be involved. is tying yeah. this together a little bit. When Craig talks about his failures, right, he never stopped being the guy that was the safety, mm-hmm. you know, which is part of your MO, work harder than everybody in the mm-hmm. world. But there was a conflict in your mind now, looking back on it, when you chose the business model you chose. Correct. And what you Correct. This doesn't, let, now, because nobody works harder than Craig, even when he supposedly, you know, pressed the easy button. But it wasn't aligned. It wasn't aligned with, and, and that's why sometimes you can get into those circumstances. But I think from that, you then said, okay, I'm going to always now, from from all the things I do, I'm going to be thorough in my thought process that this plus this plus this are aligned so that therefore I can go ahead and reach. Because no matter how much energy I get, you know what I mean? If I'm going mm-hmm. after it this way, like going east to see a sunset, never going to happen. No. Sets in the west. So... I'm not speaking on your behalf, but I think that pulling it together for you, I, I like when you say, too, hey, I'm going to be the best me I can be every single day, and I'm going to lead by example. And I'm going to choose a route that I know now has a foundation in it. That no matter what, if you build a good foundation, you might sway a bit, but you're always going to be able to adjust. You're going to know where you're going wrong. Where the other way, you were just taking the easy, the easy route, the shortcut, whatever that might have been. When you talked about, also, Craig, where you got to be successful, the things I noticed, and you said it a couple of times when you were uh, just going over what we're going over, it looks like to me you look for opportunity to be different, but in a positive way. So, for example, we're in a gym together sometimes, and if someone's sitting on a machine <laughs> reading their phone, I could sense him getting pissed off. <laughs> so we have to go to the machine next to this person, and he and he does like three times the amount of reps, and and does double push-ups, and because he wants these people to know this is what you do to be successful. And I get a sense when Dom, you said earlier, they said, "Craig, we just smashed a great month, mm-hmm. and now it's Monday." Craig's like, "I know what average does. Average comes in and goes, oh." It's Monday. I actually deserve Monday off. Am I, am I striking on something? right. So he comes in on Monday and says, I'm going to give you the opposite of what you think is supposed to yeah. happen. Yeah. This is why I'm Craig Andrea and I'm mm-hmm. successful. Smallest of detail, smashed, 
in a solid foundation. I, I think it's really what makes you guys so similar in that sense that the naysayers are something that drives you to be better. I think they well, must remind you how to be better. I, I see the same thing with right? you, and I think mm. maybe that's why you guys are so close because you share that common trait, both of you. If someone says something to Dave and he as oh, you can't do it now. It's the opposite. Yeah, it's the holidays. Right. It's, it's right. late at night. There's no way. There, there's home. always. There's never going to be a shortage on excuses. Yeah. And but that's not going to be my reason of why I don't accomplish what I want to accomplish and leave a legacy in this industry. You know. And back to what I'm saying is that you used to go around with an entourage. You trained all these great individuals, and you're like, well, we just keep going to dealership to dealership to be more successful. But then I started realizing myself, you know what? I trained them to be great. Mm-hmm. And I believe that I have a good, a, a good, um, I guess for better practical words, I, I was a, a big reason on their opportunity to springboard in the industry. Yeah. A, hard, a good influence. So I said to myself, you know what? Why just stop with them? So as I moved around to different places, there's always someone I can call and someone, hey, listen, you need some help over there. I try to work with what I got. Uh-huh. You know that? Because here's the deal. If you just went around and you just gave up on people and you just chose your own to put, put in there, that's not a solid business foundation. You know, you, if your teachings are what they are and you are who you are, you can turn any situation into a positive environment. You can take people that don't believe and show them that it can happen. Uh-huh. But here's the, here's the, here's the catch-alls. You better be... In earlier than everybody else, you better leave later than everybody else, you better care more than everybody else, and you better just consistently just do everything you possibly can to be successful. Mm -hmm. And when they start to see that drive, that this guy just doesn't go away, then they start seeing a little bit of more success, and then they start seeing things turn. And then next thing you know, they're like hanging in every word. What what are we doing now? Let's go. I mean, they're excited. And you know why they're excited and I'm excited? I'm more excited for people that turn the corner to be successful is because the fact is that think about somebody before, management before or or, or, or a couple different management groups and, and stores that were hanging on to not doing everything they ever wanted to do were saying, these people are no good. They're no good. Well, they're not no good. You just weren't a smart leader. You're not a good leader. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what you got to do. You got to be a good leader. And, you, mm-hmm. and I know they got cliches all over the place. You see them everywhere. You know, you know, leaders, you know, leaders don't lead from the front. They lead from the back, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And they, they, you know, they, they sit there and they help their people. Here's a deal. It's true. It's all common sense. You have to get in there every day mm-hmm. and say, what can I do to help you? I basically make my sales staff, my service department, my parts, anybody, my office staff. I want them to be bullyproof. I don't want that single thing that they have to be nervous about in the industry because they know when they turn around, I'm going to be right there to yeah. help them. Help them, work with them, alongside of them, and in most practical purposes, probably solve, their, solve the problem that they're, that they're, that they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Just, just move forward. But it's an easy industry, but the fact of the matter is is that you have to work. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, uh, like anything in life, it's just a simple process, mm-hmm. though, but you got to do it. you got to be consistent with it every single day. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Craig and Jerry does. We're about, to, we're about to hit on... Yeah, so I, I wanted to three. transition a little bit specifically, mm-hmm. Craig. So you've been in the auto industry 30-plus years, right? You've had to start kind of from scratch. I'm coming in brand-new place. Correct. So what are maybe the top two, top three things 
you come into a brand new dealership, what are the first three things that you implement as a general manager to make the store be successful? First day is to go out and try to meet every single person that works in the, in, in the organization and just shut up and listen and sit with them mm -hmm. and and basically go pick up a little notepad and just put their name and 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 grade them out on on what I mean by grade them out grade them out like if someone's very toxic very negative very don't spend 20 don't don't spend another time and time and time trying to change somebody that that's probably embedded in them Mm -hmm. Why don't you find the person that hides in the corner, doesn't say nothing, just shows up every day, but doesn't have very good success because they haven't they haven't felt like they've learned anything, right? Uh, teach them, make successes out of them, and then you start to evaluate the people in the store, and you start to say to yourself, "Are is, do I have a person that's not good at what they do, and just shouldn't be here, right. or do I have someone that has been managed well?" shown, mentored, and taught how to be successful. Mm -hmm. And they don't they gotta learn how to win. Yeah, how often have you heard in your career from lesser talented leadership, mm -hmm. I need better people. Oh. I need I need my people are terrible. I need better people. And you don't go out and find better people because you create Yeah, you, you know what be when you the guy that wants to go out and find better people is the guy that wants to wants to elevate himself. Because he realizes that he's not the person for the task, right? And I think, down, and, and that's, right? and I think that's the one thing that really, really concerns me is when you know somebody gives you a general manager's position. Mm -hmm. Okay, they said some owner says I have a lot of money at stake here, and you are going to be the gatekeeper of my success, and I want you to go out and 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 do everything I envision my place mm -hmm. to be. You know what kind of compliment that is to, yeah. to have that. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a real responsibility. But you know what? You then now now you're the you're the leader of the tribe. Yeah. Now you're responsible for every single person in that store. You're responsible, and you have a you have a duty to make them successful. You have a duty to to implement successful measures, to stay positive, to to work hard, to show them every day anything's accomplishable if you put the work in. Mm -hmm. Anything is. And so as, as dealership starts to turn, I know I hear it all the time. Oh, it must be luck. It mm -hmm. must be luck. Well, I must have been the luckiest guy in the world because we do take, we take things that we, we move and we turn and we go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, it, the one thing I was always worried in this industry, I'm like, wow, what would my name be? Because I've been in so many places. At the end of the day, if I don't offer Craig Andrea 100% of everything I got to create success, then that would be a problem. Yeah. But you know what my issue is? I just want to keep on going, and I just want to have every place that I can I can go to turn them to be successful and mm -hmm. create successful environment. Pull up a team. Here's the greatest thing in it. Here's the greatest accomplishment in the world is if you create success so much that you are there, but they are doing it without you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know that. It's a leader, yeah. Because you're not, you're not, you're, 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 you're not, you're not in fear of. Well, if they know too much, then they're not going to need me. Right. Right. Or they, you know what? That's that's for a that's that's really a, a weak approach, and a lot of people do that, which ain't uh, which ain't no, very smart. That's some great, that's some great teachings. One last little thought: If you were a brand new 
salesperson coming into the industry, or a guy who just or girl who just got into finance, or somebody who's a brand new GSM or GM. Would you have any last words? You know, you've told your story, and mm-hmm. they can take anything out of that and know mm-hmm. how to be successful. What would you tell them to do right now? To know your job and know your job well, and and know that you have to be a a major influencer of success. You have to, if you're having a bad day and there's negative things in your mind, and you call it, as soon as you hit the door, the the the, the paved lot, when you get into this, you're done. You're a leader. You're an example setter. You know you have to be concentrated on what's going to be the best, you know, attitude I can have to show everybody that man, this guy's always happy or she's always happy or so, she's always so, on her game. So great attitude, regardless of regardless, problems at the door. Regardless, yes, hundred percent. Go after your job, know what it is, yes. and every detail of that job, do it like it's the only job you ever have in your life. Correct. You're the owner of that particular department. Own, you know, listen. Own, own, uh, own your responsibility, and that's it. And then everything else will fall on. No excuses. No excuses. You can't have excuses. Well, let's let's transition a, a little bit our conversation here into lead conversion and, and how our team, Craig, has mm-hmm. been able to help you with a few of the different stops you've had before. So I know we talked about early on, I think you were must have been one of the first people in the industry to figure out that maybe there's a more efficient business model oh, to yeah. outsource some of my lead conversion to a guy like Dave. How did you come up with something like that? Well, let's call it like it is. I, I was introduced to him and I was skeptical. You know why? Because nobody can conquer anything better than me. And I had it all down. It was my department. I got a department. I assigned a manager. And that manager had a business back in the day. He had a lead book. And leads come in. And he'd mark them in a book. And he would call. And he was responsible. And I had a person check up on him. And everything was in the system. And in these electronic CRMs. And and we could track everything down. And and then I had girls calling. And our BDCs calling. Mm -hmm. And Mainly your salespeople. Mainly my salespeople. But I also had a great amount of expense but i think the biggest thing you need to learn is does everybody know what apple is apple right yeah apple ibm all these different places right microsoft yeah fortune 500 types you know fortune 500 companies do yeah they find a concept that works for them and they they outsource you know why they outsource because the insourcing is so expensive and and honestly the truth of the matter is 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 it's so difficult to change bad decisions for the fear that you don't want to be shunned because, man, I really didn't have that thing down. But back to what I'm saying, I was introduced and I said, I'll give it a try. And I gave it a try and the results were like dripping and, it, and, and they weren't very good at first. Mm-hmm. I cut them off. I said, we're done. It was I'm like day. I'm, <laughs> fine, I'm, done. I'm, done. I'm taking it all back. Taking it all back. And he goes, and I remember Dave says, you're going to give me one more shot at this thing. And, yeah. he, and, he, and he, he called did. you up, told you it was my Super Bowl. Yep. And he did. And he came through and he called. And you know what? My place, he, back, no, he actually brought, I came, a, he brought a crew. First I came myself. To because because you're a visual guy. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that. You, you, you think that all we did was just we, we have somebody over doing, doing what you're doing at a different site. And, it's, and, and that's all you think, right? Yeah. 
you need a visual. You need to see. So he brings this entourage of collective different people to our store, and they all got on the phone, and it looked like like something out of a movie. They're just calling, calling. People are showing up. But the thing about it was the one thing I did notice, a common situation, was every single one of them mm-hmm. was was verbally skilled and not 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 skilled in the in the way where most BDCs, you know how BDCs work? They give you the low, they keep dropping, dropping, dropping to give you the lowest price. Or they keep telling you a story, they keep lying, 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 so you show up. They tell you a bunch of mistruths. Mm-hmm. And then the managers, you know, if things aren't going well, he's gonna go, Well, we're not doing well because the BDC's terrible. Right. Well, who's the BDC? You know, they got uh, Julie, the housewife, and they got uh, Sam that used to be in plumbing, but now he's not, what do you call it? And I gave him some scripts, and he's going to read them, and he's going to be successful. Well, I think that that itself keeps going back to what we talked about way early in this, when we started this conversation, about the past. Mm-hmm. The past doesn't dictate the future. And if you either adapt or die in this industry, either yeah. you become smart or you become a dinosaur, and then you become extinct. The fact of the matter is, is that there is, there is a way of having intelligent people respond to your leads and the consumers that are calling, and having a, a having a good conversation with them, and telling them that you can come into a dealership and meet a decision maker, mm-hmm. and have a product specialist show you everything you want, and guess what? There's no pricing being told. There's nothing to talk about interest rates. You know what? Consumers know most of the information they're asking about, but they just want somebody to give them a clear expectation of what they can see when they come to that Mm -hmm. store. And if it's not spelled out, then it's not. But that's, but back to what you're saying is that I, I decided that after that was successful, that that's the way to go. Because I, I can't keep putting money behind one person. You ever make a manager, a BDC is the manager. Mm-hmm. But then you look and say, well, how many people is he? Well, he's not. He, well, he doesn't make that many phone calls because he's watching over this person, this person, this person, this person. And the cost started to rise higher yeah. where BDC managers are now six-figure people. That's one wow. person. One person. And that one person isn't exactly dictating the flow of traffic. You know, he, he or she is not making that thing happen. Mm-hmm. She's telling others to do what she, she's lip-loading right. people to tell them what to do. And they're on the phone. Yeah. And that's such a, over, a turnover, 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 turnover. Mm-hmm. And that itself became to a point where I'm tired of hearing the excuse. I am not going to fall on a sword because I am too, uh, I, I guess, proud. Uh, proud to say I need help. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Guess what? It's it, it, Paramount. You 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 were do you were doing this for a, such a long time, and the funny part about it now is that there's now other people coming into the industry. Yeah. And you know what they're doing? They're just hiring everybody that got fired as a BDC manager, bringing them in here. I mean, if if someone can see the people that work for you, mm-hmm. the education, you know, very smart individuals that go there. Uh, a lot of college students, a lot of internships, yeah. of people that know how to talk and almost like crisis counselors. You guys are talking, you guys are you're engaging, you get great information, the customers are showing up. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I not do that? I'd rather outsource it than have a concern with just trying to, to, to have all my 
all my leads, phone calls come into one to one area mm-hmm. where my managers aren't touching. It's just this group of BDC, and that's what they do. Yeah. Now I think so. You're going to have to have two or three people or whatever, or a small amount to handle the the everyday. Right. You know, the the, the the little lead or nuances. you still want somebody presently Correct. at your dealership. I, I think a, a fear maybe that we often run into is a dealership says, "Well, I want to be able to." Feel that department still. Right. If I'm fully outsourcing and there's no one there, mm-hmm. you know they want to have maybe at least somebody there. So well, sometimes they feel that. Don, yeah. I cut you off. Yeah. But the, Craig was saying that earlier. Sometimes if you don't see it, mm-hmm. you don't believe mm-hmm. that it's there. Correct. Yeah. So you have to, you know, build that confidence when you finally decide. Okay, I'm going to send my kid to school to let this teacher go raise my child. Not in the sense of raising. Right, you know what I mean. Right, you but you have to have faith and trust. And Craig mentioned with the Fortune 500 companies, I don't want this to sound too self-serving, but it is about paramount. You know, Craig said at some point, you're not going to be great at every single thing in your organization. Correct. What do we do the best, and then go do that. Now, this I can outsource because that's what they do the best all day, every day. There's not. There are a lot of dealerships that have. You know, great people, great BDC that it works. But that doesn't mean it can't be better. When's the last time you checked? And when people come and they go into these circumstances like Craig is talking about, and people are learning how to be, here's the, here's what happens to reps. or happens to your, everybody. And if this is happening to your organization, what happens when people work for more than a year, two years? What happens naturally? You're comfortable. But yes. what, else, what else happens? They got to get paid more. Why? Because like this chair, it's been there. Well, you don't want that expense to go up just for the sake of going no, up. No, So Correct. with an outsource, we have that responsibility then yeah. of constantly having things move so that we can regulate the cost for the dealership, make it be a fixed op that stays, and then at the same time, performance can grow with the dealership based on leads and things like that. What happens to people over time, they start to get kind of good. And then they level off. Yeah. And how are you going to ever get that department to get you more? How are you going to do it? You're not. You know, so they switch and they run in and out. And, you know, if you have an organization like Paramount and we're not doing the job, what do you do? Like you, you did we're, 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 We shut it off. Yeah. yeah. We shut, shut it off. off. And I can't shut off a BDC and tell eight people to go home right. and then get another eight people in the next couple of days. Right. And the funny part about it is that, is that think about this. We, and we go back, it's, it's just, it's so crazy. You know, GMs and, and, and owners, they cry about why this, my advertising is not working. This is not working. I'm going to tell you the truth, and this is the ugly truth. When you have an outsource like Paramount, that spigot's on. You're going to find out what managers we talked about want to work mm-hmm. and that want, don't want to work. You're going to find out, is your GM a leader or a hider? Is he an office setting guy? He wants to read graphs all day. He wants to he wants to say, "Hey, go out and do do this." And because I used to do it twenty years ago, that's not. You know, yeah, I, I always said, I always tell owners, "Listen, if you want to, if you want a partner, get one of them double desk, and then and just have the GM sit with you, and you guys can both be co owners." But yeah. no, G, no owner in the world would go do that. He'd right. say, "Get out there." That's why I paid for in my store. Well, you don't run your store. He sits in an office all day and demands and barks. Wants to have results, results, yeah. results, results. Yeah. Well, then someone says, well, boss, show me how to get them. Well, go ask this guy. I hired this guy or I hired <laughs> that guy. 
you know, the great thing about having Paramount is that I always have, let's just say in the Utopia, everybody I have, salesperson has a customer, managers are working them, I'm working customers, and all of a sudden, uh, the, 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 the three people I might have in my, in my business development have all, they're on the phone, and the mm-hmm. phone keeps ringing. Who's calling all the other customers? You don't have enough people to do so. I don't have to worry about that. It's not my issue no more. Yeah. My issue is to say, hey, guys, big, you know, you, know you, you become a part of my team. And I say, hey, here's the deal. This is what we got to advertise. This is what we got coming in. This is what I need you guys to attack. And I know in my confidence that you guys are going to go after it. And I, and I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to sit there and put the balance of my operation and the success of my flow, my traffic, on somebody that just got a job that's getting paid X amount of dollars an hour and they get per shows or per solds or whatever, how the programs work at different various stores. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure. You put more pressure on a BDC than you do your sales manager, your general manager to get people in a store. Yeah. It's their fault. So when was the last time three days in a row came and there was no, hardly any traffic and they fired the general manager or they fired a the sales manager? Or if I no, it's the BDC's fault. But then on the other flip side, when you have them record days and they sell twenty cars, who who is the hero of that day? The GM man. Yeah, GM. Yeah. I I was out there. Right, I was out there like McCarthy. I was leading the yeah. troops, and 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 uh, and my sales managers were just killing it. Right. See, so you can't have it both ways. You can't take you know. So with outsourcing, it just enables you to be smarter. It makes you it it, it not only not only that you you get great data, you get factual response. You got the person that's going to tell you, hey, I don't know where you spent your money here, but these 30 people we call are vaguely, if not none, interested in what you have to say. They just here for the free gift card. Mm -hmm. Wow. Light bulb goes on. Now you've got the correctiveness to talk to your advertising agents with intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're showing you, remember, everything's about the dollar, right? They want to sit, they want you to keep spending the money, keep spending the money. And when advertising agent just throws the money up in the air and, and you know what, whatever lands is, is, right. is, is, is good. But the fact is, is that, you know what, you want to have some accountability and you then Paramount, you guys are also an insurance company. What I spent, if I'm spending 30 grand a month, 40 grand, 50, hundred, whatever it might be, I have somebody that is attacking the opportunities yeah. that are there, bringing them back in the store. Right. Not only that, you guys, you guys, you, and and you, you leave a good message. Uh, you have professionals talking on the phone. You have no one reading scripts on the phone to customers. You have just you 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 have a real good program, and it and it and it works. And it, it's just it flat works. And uh, I think the most important thing for me is uh-huh. is that I know in the end of the day that I got a group of people that I can count on. Yeah. I, I, a partner that I know that's going to supply me whatever I need to make sure that I'm getting traffic through my door. Well, you know, the nice part about what you said, too, is it was a partner. Mm-hmm. And you got leads, mm-hmm. and like you said, the advertising agency will tell you where to spend and yeah. all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, I think you'd agree, it's, it's probably more about lead conversion sure it is. there's more leads. Sure. You got plenty. No. Sure. If you need to sell more cars, maybe someone needs to be better. And a lot of times, the BDC is doing the best they can. But it's not their area. No one's ever really taught anybody mm-hmm. to be this greatest person on the phone where this is all we've done for 30 years. The only thing we've done is converted leads or sell somebody by telephone. And when the leads aren't right or it's not going perfect, 
instead of calling Craig Andre and saying, I got an excuse, yeah. the leads aren't great. No, we'll never do that. We'll just go data mine mm-hmm. and equity mining and guarantee X amount of shows in your showroom to help fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. Or maybe sometimes that's the only product we have. We've done that for you too. Mm-hmm. And then we've evolved into taking over the well, lead I, conversion for the internet. I think the most important thing too is that you, you put so much, so much emphasis on, I'd rather have pros doing my job than, than just throwing it at yeah. throwing it at uh, the internal workings, I think is good. Because here's the deal. Uh, I would ask any dealer or general manager, would you take your BDC manager and let them desk deals on a Saturday all by themselves? Praise cars. Close customers. Go talk to them. And most of them are like, oh, oh no. Well, they, they're, the key. they're talking to your customers. Right. right. They're talking to your There's customers. There's your direct link to How about your customer? BDC people, your representatives? Would you want them? You take your sales staff off the floor and put them out there and let them sell cars. How is that going to work for you? Yeah. So, you know what? If you Sometimes you got to, and I know it sounds brash, and, you know, there's probably someone's going to listen to this and go, oh, that guy, you should see my guys are the best or my person's the best. Well, maybe so. But maybe so. But I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, you'd be hard-pressed to, to – to use both your hands to find, and this is a lot of, there's, there's thousands and thousands of auto dealerships, but every single one of them, the topic is BDC, mm-hmm. how do we do this, how do we do that? Fact of the matter is, I'm just telling you, it, you know, the world is going to be much easier when you start to outsource things. Be smart about it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's the same thing in the parts department, right? You sell parts. You know you're going to sell parts. You know the car's going to break. You don't, you don't stock every part of every car that you possibly can. It would be a financial nightmare. Mm-hmm. You can't. So what you do, you 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 make relationships with with big uh, parts uh, stores that you can get to and you go and they're holding on. That's outsourcing. Yeah, that's outsourcing. True. Insourcing was just take them all and put them inside there. You, yeah. you can't miss, right? Yeah. Everything will be there. Yeah, totally. So until it doesn't work, you know. So the one thing is, like I said, you just have to you have to embrace change mm-hmm. and know that this thing is changing very very rapidly. To the point where people are going to be doing fo- most of their business on the phone, yeah. you know, on the app. Forget the 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 the, the computer itself. They're not even on that thing. There's a, they're called laptops now. They're not yeah. even. I mean, you're you're, yeah. you're lucky to even have one. Right? Right. Phone like you made me go against yeah, the computer. Exactly. Well, you're, you're, you're getting up there. And I think one other quick question for you, Craig. So, in terms of what are some of the best ways that you implement Paramount into your dealership? I know we've gotten this question before for maybe a few dealerships that want to get started with something like that is, what does that implementation look like? How do you come into a store and implement Paramount to make sure that your reps, your your people all believe in the process that's being done? How do you go about it? Starts from, it starts from me. It starts absolutely from me. And, and, and I am there to say that this is our team member. So just like everybody here that wears the jersey of our dealership here is our team. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what their job duty is, they're on our team. And we do everything to support them that they're on our team. If you're having a vendor and you're bringing Paramount on, they're on your team. Mm-hmm. It's not your team and then, then against Paramount. Right. You know, you want them to be the successful arm of, that, that, that you reached out for. And you have to treat it that way. And you have to, and you have to listen, and you have to pay attention, and you have to work hand in hand with them, just like your advertising agencies. If you just 
Get somebody, and the only thing you're going to do is wait until they do something wrong so you can go, I told you, look mm -hmm. at that. Then you're not ready to grow. But this is what you said when we were talking earlier, right? If you hire somebody, mm -hmm. people will hire vendors and look for them to screw yeah, up. The thing that they want them to screw right. up, I guess. I know it's just kind of weird. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to right. me. As right. opposed to, okay, I've hired this person. Mm -hmm. Let's do everything in our power to not accept excuses from the same people that Correct. make excuses Correct. day in and day out about everything else. Correct. And let's use it. Let's use it like it's supposed to be used. And I just say be active. Be active. Be active and hold people and, and, and hold your managers to hold themselves accountable. Being the fact is that every single customer, think about this. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios. Customer comes in, uh, you, uh, Paramount uh, calls them back in and says, hey, listen, come on in and trade your car and let's see if we can do something with you. And that customer comes in and for some reason or not, things have changed financially in their situation and maybe they owe way more than their car's worth. And they come into the dealership and now all of a sudden you guys are piranhas. How dare you bring that customer here? How dare you? Well, doesn't he still service his car or her car, parts and service? Why can't you just maybe, just maybe, let them know that you're going to do everything you can to help them and put some effort in it. Show them something. Because every bad situation will roll off and they're back in the market sooner or later mm -hmm. one day. And what, they're not good to you now? So here's the point. You, you, have to, you have to want it all. Yeah. And you go back to what I say. If you, you raise your expectations on customers uh, and how you feel about your customers and how you want your customers to feel about your organization then it doesn't matter their circumstance. Great if everybody came in here super positive yeah. and, and, and money. 800 credit score. 800 credit score. Perfect. It didn't even need the credit score. It's just, it just, it, there's different situations. Yeah. But they're going to remember the way they were treated yeah. and how they were treated. Mm -hmm. And they're going to remember and they're going to refer people to that fact. Maybe you get a referral from that person, send somebody over there. You know, because they say to yourself, man, I, they're just they're good people over there. Mm -hmm. They have no, nothing negative to say. You know, and, and there's been times that we've, we've done the things that I scratch my head and go, can't believe they actually got out of that thing. Great for them. Mm -hmm. And they're so happy. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting. But you're never going to get there as if you're going to be judged on the outcome of the deal. Right? You guys, Paramount being the fact is that they're your partner. Their agreement is... Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your people in your showroom, and you do what you do best. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna make sure that the people that come to your store, that they're gonna understand that you know that it's very important that upper management wants to see them. Mm -hmm. Love to have the opportunities to to uh, to uh, give them a, a great automobile experience, whether it's parts, service, or sales. I mean, you know, just they just they just feel more confident to go back to that store. And as a culture, you build that culture, you'll be successful. And and I think, like I said, that's the one thing I would say. Just it, it just and you know, take somebody in, take them in as a partner, mm -hmm. and give them everything, all the support they can to be successful. Absolutely. Well, Thank thanks you. a lot for okay. coming. No problem. Absolutely. Great. And yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. Do you want to say something at the end, big boy? No, I, I was going to say one last topic, yeah. but if we want to wrap it up no, here, no, we right. can. Topic. Well, the, the final final topic okay. and wind it here is just the, the future of the automotive industry, right? We're sitting here today. It's June 11th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Where do we see the automotive industry going from here by in the next three years, in the next five years? Well, I'm going to tell you that there's going to be a lot of people trying to take the space that you guys are in. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the fact is that outsourcing is going to be 
a large component of business. Uh, I think you're going to find that that the efficiency level of stores that are going to be successful are going to be the ones that can change to this this new technology uh, uh, market, right? And professional people are important, and people that know their product is important. Mm -hmm. And if you just go into an Apple store and buy a phone, yeah. see that experience. One person takes you in and logs you in on their on an iPad. Yeah. Another person, you're going to go to this station, that right. station. They got a systematic situation. It's going to be the same thing here, right? And you're going to need to move and adapt to the new technology, the outsourcing, the ability to to have multitudes of of, of people that can communicate with your customers and bring yeah. them to the store. Just knowing Craig for the rest, so they're not going to be around. 20 years, I've seen him be ahead of his time mm -hmm. creatively. In the mm -hmm. I see he started the insurance company. You know, you did the thing that you would with the subprime that people weren't doing it to the level you did it. You, you, you first went uh, outsourcing with the BDC. And Craig's also got some other thoughts in line with it, not just the BDC being outsourced, mm -hmm. but potentially, Craig, the weaker... Because there's not a lot of great talent, even in the GM spots, GSS. Correct. That stuff could eventually get out. Correct. And I, like I said, there, there's going to be a point where there, there's going to be a point where where the money to to run dealerships are, and and you can you know that the immense amount of of, of people that are in the auto industry, um, they're out there and they have a lot of capital investment in stores, mm -hmm. and what they're doing now is they're starting to scramble as the talent starts to to diminish, mm -hmm. you know, they need help. They need, they need the ability for, to yeah. be successful and, and they're going to need everything they can. And it's outsourcing uh, with, uh, with Paramount to get, you know, people to the door or outsourcing, even to get talent to, to, to come in. Right. To turn outsourcing around. GM type talent. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. And one final question. I know this is maybe uh, some of the buzzwords going on in the industry, but what are your takes on companies that are, taking the uh, dealer model a little bit different companies like a Carvana out there, companies that are trying to connect c customers to vehicles a little bit differently than the traditional sort of brick and mortar dealer model. What's what's your take on a uh, business model? My like take is they're there and they're real and they're gaining traction. And the only way the bricks and mortars are going to be successful is to go out and emulate that that fast paced type of you know you know in and out kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Good communications by having outsourcing of opportunities of people to come into your store. Mm -hmm. Good communication as they come in here. Have the ability to get in and out of your automobile dealership in a in a quick fashion. Right. You know, I think that's what that's what's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's probably gonna be convenient. Service, probably human service. Yeah, well, service right? will always be there. But the one thing like I said, these these everything Starts off as you know, you see them in your rearview mirror, and it's that it's and the object's small, so yeah, they're nothing, yeah, until they're passing you or they're on your side, yeah, and then you're going to panic. So, once again, if you don't change or don't adapt, you're just going to die in this industry. And mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is to understand that there's always very smart people out there coming up with new concepts, and you have to be ahead of them, yeah, or quite frankly, with them. You know, mm -hmm. to make sure that yeah. you're doing the right things. Or so, die. That's it. I won't be around. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Thank you guys so no much, one. Craig. Great. It's been a no, great pleasure here. Thank you so much. And this is going to wrap up our uh, fourth podcast here. So thank you so Fantastic. much. We'll be back thank tomorrow. you. All right. All right.